The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. Here's the number, toll free. It's 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to dog father Joey Villani. Big show for you today. It always is a big show. Thank you so much, Judy, for making it the big, big shoe. You're welcome. Uh, pet insurance. I know you're scratching your head. Do I have it? Should I have it? Well, that's what I'm doing. Maybe you already have it. Maybe, you'd, maybe you've already made up your mind on pet insurance. But today, Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation will be joining us, and she'll tell us all about pet insurance from her angle, which is, as a veterinarian, whether or not you should have it, and what is it good for? You know, I always thought maybe I should just sock a little way in a, an interest-bearing savings account. Some of us are disciplined to do this. Some of us aren't. And we are you? Up. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But it sounded good, didn't it? Yeah. Also on the show today, there's a brand new movie coming out this fall called The Dog Wedding, and they're looking for pictures of dogs, your dogs, to put in the opening film credits. And we'll tell you all about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Joey, what's on the docket for you today? Well, we're going to talk about the proper way of removing ticks off of your pet. There's a proper way. You don't just a beg way. for them to, to, to go? You don't just scream nope, at them? You no, you, you, don't, you don't just scream at them. You don't just beg. There's a proper way to get them out and make it safe. You can't just pull them out because you might leave some in there. Is that the deal? What's, why can't you just grab them with your fingers? Well, you probably could. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I have. Um, a lot of people don't like to do that. I mean, there's really nothing wrong with it. But you know what? Depending on how you pull them out, you don't want to leave anything behind. But we'll talk about that. That's on the way right here with Joey Bolani on Animal Radio, and uh, Lori Brooks in the newsroom, what are you working on? Well, you know, there's Take Your Dog to Work Day, and then, of course, there's lots of offices these days where you can take your pet to work every day. It's usually dogs, right? Now we're finding out about some uh, rather unusual pets that want their equal time in the office, and we'll tell you what more of those unusual animals are coming up. Oh, I can't wait. I'm engaged. But let's go to the phones first. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. For Dr. Debbie, we have Debbie, Dueling Debbies. Hey, Debbie, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. How can we help you today? Well, my husband and I are having a friendly debate over... <laughs> Uh-oh, I don't do marital counseling. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to hang up. <laughs> um, the dogs, we have two little Shih Tzus, and my husband thinks it's okay to give them, uh, you know, meat bones. And Mm -hmm. I totally disagree because they splinter. And um, even the rawhide has me worried, even though they eat these chicken strips at night. I'm not quite sure if there's rawhide in it. That's like their bedtime treat. But I'm beginning not to trust anything, you know, with the China stuff going on and all that. So, you know, what, what is the answer to this? Well, what I will tell you is there really is no safe 
chew item for dogs, meaning there's nothing that is perfect. There's always going to be some type of inherent risk when we offer a chew item for a dog. Mm -hmm. And veterinary dentists will tell you that anything, that if you took the item and smack it on your knee, if it hurts you, it could hurt your dog's teeth. And that is actually, when we talk about teeth, the, the real fact is that bones, in many cases, will lead to fracture of the teeth, um, where the part of the enamel can actually crack off and will have a broken tooth. So, yeah, it may clean the teeth, <laughs> but if you have to have a root canal or to repair a damaged tooth or to extract a tooth that's already been damaged or to a severe have a loose degree. Tooth that's very clean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so they're really, and so that's kind of the big argument with bones. And then there's a lot of folks that will say cooked bones versus raw bones, one's better versus the other. When it comes to this tooth injury, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, cooking actually can increase the risk that a bone might splinter. Uh-huh. Um, but in general, I, I'm not a fan of feeding bones of any sort to my animals. Right. So the next the next step down that you can look at is you mentioned raw hides. Um, so for a certain pet, um, those two could have the same kind of problems. We can run into where it can cause injury to the teeth. Um, if they have, if you have like the little strips or the little knotted raw hides, they can get sloppy and they can actually get pieces of those um, where they choke on them. Uh-huh. Um, so that can be a risk. Um, the um, other thing with rawhides, the intestine, they can. Yeah, if they get a large enough piece and they don't have the and they don't digest it well, it, it definitely can. So that is a risk. The other thing, just I used to have with my dogs, um, my Labradors, they had to have something to chew on. So I gave them the compressed rawhide, which is not the kind where they chop the rawhide up into cute little shapes and they press it with green color or red color for the holidays. Mm-hmm. But it's a very firm, heavy-duty um, uh, rawhide product that's um, compressed under high pressure. Those I do sometimes recommend for a dog that is really destructive, choose things, and we have to offer something. Um, but there's still the risk. You know, you can still get a piece of that where at the end of it where they can choke on that. So you really have to use these kind of things with supervision. The yeah, other thing some dogs will have will be if they have like a food allergy uh-huh. um, or food sensitivity. You know, any of these are, are meat products, so that can definitely cause some problems or even just a, I see like an osmotic diarrhea because they have a lot of salt in the curing in them so that a lot of dogs will have just mucusy poops, you know, the day after. Yeah, These are kind of bendy um, you know, no special shape to them at all. Um, they get, you know, one before bedtime. That's like their big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they chew it very slow because our one shit barely has any teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one, but they love them. And, you know, if I was to hit my leg with it, you know, they're soft. I mean, but mm-hmm. not, not real soft, but you know what I mean? They bend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I worry more about this China made stuff and these dogs dying. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, to the point, you don't know what to do. Right. So I think a lot of it we have to look at the size of the dog, the chewing desire, and are we looking for something for offering dental care or offering entertainment? Because a lot of times the dental care, the best thing we can do is to brush our dog's teeth. That's the number one thing we can do. Um, from there, if we're looking for an edible alternative um, for um, dogs, if, even with those soft little chews, the little rawhide chews, the little flavored things, if they get a piece of that, they can still have a choking hazard with that. So you still have to observe them and, and really supervise them with that. Okay. Um, I, I will tell you that for my large Bouvier, I do use um, uh, the large like Nylabone type products. Um, I always buy the U.S. made ones. Um, but no, Knowing that, there's the risk that they can break their teeth because these suckers are hard. Um, yeah, and for, my dogs won't have anything to do with them. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. where you have to find it. For small dogs like that, you know, you don't necessarily have to pull out something really heavy duty. You may have some other kind of mid-range, um, and, and even using things like some of the different Kong products where you can put squeezy cheese in there or, uh, peanut butter and freeze it. It gives them something to do. They can lick, they can chew. And as long as their jaw force isn't so strong that they're going to eat pieces of the rubber, um, that's a great entertainment for some dogs. Um, it's the folks with those Rottweilers and the, um, you know, the Great Danes that are really struggling to find something that's a viable chew option because they, uh, they will destroy just about everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. That helps. And um, I guess I'll stay married. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Good. So so we didn't really answer the argument who's right here, though, did we? Well, you know, it's just I've just never, um, I, I just don't like the bone theory. I used to give my big dogs the, uh, the knuckle bones, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. uh, like the real big ones. But uh, we've got these little guys now, and uh, I just don't do it. And I like can tell you, I've had a household with two Labradors, um, a client that I saw, and both dogs, their upper fourth premolar, which is the large, what we call the carnasal tooth, both dogs chewed on knuckle bones, and they both broke Ooh. all of their carnasal really? teeth, so we had to extract four teeth between the two dogs. Um, oh it's a big God. tooth to lose, so yeah, it's not fun. Uh. Sometimes you can't win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I appreciate your call today, Debbie. one 866 405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the world's best cat litter you know how much we love our cats. Cat people, we're crazy. I admit it. I have a lot of cats, and I'll be that <laughs> crazy old cat guy. Yes, you are. The one thing I don't love is buying cat litter, and so I don't buy it a lot anymore. I buy it like once a month now with the concentrated power of world's best cat litter. I can't imagine why anyone would use anything else. I think it's all about just letting them know. We just told them, so now they know. <laughs> Spread the word wide and far. Tweet it. Facebook it. And find it at Target, Walmart, and your local grocery or pet stores. Hi, Glee. Hi, Hal. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie's right here. I want... Uh, now, my boyfriend is going to try to get my bird. They are learning to talk, but we cannot understand what they're trying to say. <laughs> okay. And if you could tell me a little bit what they're trying to say. I know they say pretty bird, and that's it. I'll have to put you on speakerphone, Okay. Okay. okay, so we're trying to decipher what your birds are trying to say. Yeah, okay. and I can't decipher it all because this is about the time of eating they get really talkative. Okay. And they was okay. just a little bit. Okay. Okay. We're Just ready. talk to them. Okay. I'll, let me see if I can get... They might, their names are Chris and Katrina. Chris and Katrina, okay. Okay. Well, let's go in there and talk to them. Chris, come here, talk to me. Chris. Hey, Chris, Katrina, Chris and Katrina. Hello, hello, hello. Hmm. Is there being a stubborn self? <laughs> like a little uh, kid. I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. They are, uh, let me take that guy. Yeah. Oh, I heard him whistle. Yeah. Are you showing them a picture of me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They really like my boyfriend. And he can get them to go on, and they've, they've been doing this thing like they're laughing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have no idea. So opening up their jaw is like the talk, and don't think of it. Can you hear what he's saying? No, no. Can you can you tell us what he's saying? 
No, he said he can't tell what they're saying. Okay, well, are they watching a lot of TV? All right. Well, well, um, you know, as far as translating what they're saying might be hard to do. Um, but we know that birds try to mimic sounds that they're in their environment. So, um, especially if we're teaching a bird to talk, um, we try to find sounds that are appealing to them. So, you know, there's probably something either in your voice or in your boyfriend's voice, um, in different words that have been said that they've heard that they will try to repeat. Now, it, it becomes a little challenging. I'm assuming these two birds are together? Yeah. And okay. he don't really like her too well either. Uh, who doesn't like her? Chris doesn't really like Katrina that well because he will pick at her. Oh, well, they don't get along. Okay, huh? well, he that happens, you know. For birds to... To be good talkers, um, a lot of times we have better success when a bird is housed alone. And part of the reason is the talking behavior is kind of a, kind of a pair, uh, behavior. So it's kind of something that, um, birds would do together as mates. So if we have a single bird in a home, sometimes, you know, when we spend that extra efforts to getting that bird to talk, we'll have better success than if we have multiple birds within one enclosure. Now, and every bird's different. Some will talk more readily, especially the boys. The boys tend to be better talkers um, with cockatiels. So um, I don't know that I'll be able to be the cockatiel um, translator here, but I would definitely look to see when you're speaking to your birds, if there's certain tones that you're using, certain words that you're saying, if you see them showing interest, moving their mouth, or starting to make sounds, keep repeating those words. Um, but as far as to try to figure out what they're saying after the fact, it's a little hard. It's a little bit hard to go backwards, but watch their behaviors, and if there's something they're finding appealing and showing interest in, then keep saying those words, and then we'd focus on uh, repeating that. So hopefully they're good words, and we're not using any swear words or anything <laughs> bad in that way. <laughs> and call us when they, when they want to talk again. And if, if, I may have to record it. Yeah, if you can record it, we'd love to hear what they sound like. And, of course, if you can get them to say, we love animal radio, there's prizes <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'd be all over that, yes. Thanks for your call, Glee. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog. Correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. 
Right, Max? It's Sam Adams' summer ale season. I love the summer ale. Cheers. <laughs> Summertime's here. I like the citrus, crisp, and refreshing. It's light. It's not too hoppy. The grains of paradise add a nice little spice to the beer. Smooth, refreshing. It's summertime. Time for Sam Adams' summer ale. It's perfect. It'd be great for cookouts, spending some time outdoors. This is the experience for a Sam Adams summer. I could drink that all summer long. It's really a good beer. It really is. Definitely a good summer beer. Brewed especially for summer. Sam Adams' summer ale. Boss Beer Company, Boston Mass. responsible. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. That's toll-free to Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani. You can answer your questions at your beck and call. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. A great app to have now. Uh, it'll tell you about all the latest recalls. There have been several this week. All the news that uh, is important for you and your pet, you'll get that directly from the Animal Radio app, as well as the ability to ask your questions of the entire Dream Team. I'm just looking up at the map here of Montana. Did you, did you see it looks a little bit like a face over there? I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I do see face. it. Do you see I do that see right it. there? Yes, yeah. I do. I just, did, I yeah, just noticed that. There's the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the chin. It's even got a big forehead or a five head. We all have that. ADD except for Lori Brooks. What are you working on, Lori? <laughs> well, coming up, you know, I love outdoor cookouts and barbecues in the summertime because there's usually a lot of pets there. Sometimes I don't go unless I can take mine with me. But we're going to have on the way here what foods you will find at an outdoor cookout that are not good for your dog or cat. Wow, I'm thinking just about everything. Hmm. Yeah, what, a lot of them. Yeah, what could be good for your dog? <laughs> okay, let's uh, head to the phones now for your calls. Uh, hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Where are you today? Um, I'm in uh, Woodland Hills, California. Lovely. Are you listening on coast? I'm on coast. Okay. How can we help you today? Well, I have a uh, silky terrier and um, sweet little guy, but he and he's uh, seven years old, and he has developed a um, like a, he scratches and he chews and he's pulled out some of his hair. Some of his hair is like broken off, and he's such a pretty little guy because he's got. I keep his hair long. <laughs> And oh, I'm, the true silky look then, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I've I've gone over him, you know, with a flea comb. So I, you know, I'm always on top of any flea problem, which he really doesn't seem to have. And his skin is not dry. He doesn't ha- seem to have any dry skin at all. And I don't know what this scratching and chewing is. I mean, he's been okay. doing. Are there certain outdoors. areas on his body where he's chewing? Um, no, not really. I mean. During the summertime, I mean, he, he did have some flea bites, but, I mean, there's no flea bites on him now. Yeah, I've noticed on his okay. stomach. But um, I just, you know, I, I really keep on top of, of looking for fleas on him. And I give yeah, him a bath. I bathe him, like, once a week. Okay. And um, as far as are you currently using a flea product? No, I'm not. Okay, because um, it would definitely, even though you're not seeing them, I always like to make sure if we're in a flea environment and we have a pet that is um, scratching and having hair coat problems, um, 
indoors fleas can live just fine. So I want to make sure that we're on uh, more of a year-round protection, especially if we're having this kind of uh, scratching, itching thing, because one little flea bite can last weeks. And um, so even if we're not having a huge burden of fleas, we could have a lot of the itch. So um, that would be one thing I'd make sure we're, we're still very aggressive about that. I, I've used um, that like advantage and, you know, that stuff. And I just, I don't know, it bothers me because when they put that on him, I mean, one time... I mean, that took my nail polish off my nails, and I'm just yeah, wondering what yeah. it's doing to him. And it's, I, well, I, it's just that it's, toxic chemicals really bother me. <laughs> Yeah, and we, I guess we have kind of the, the, the pros and cons of, you know, if we have fleas, we need to find some type of treatment for that that we're comfortable with. Now, there are certain things you can use in the home. There are certain types of medications that can be given orally. Um, and then there's the topical type medicine. So, you know, there's, there's definitely different things. And I would talk to the veterinarians in your area what they are comfortable using. Because, you know, if you're not comfortable using a topical product, there may be an alternative that, that um, is available to you you. Um, but beyond the fleas, you know, as far as itching in dogs, you know, we kind of always kind of lump a whole category of skin problems that are allergies. And sometimes pets can really have allergies and sometimes they have infections and other problems there. But I would say that this would really warrant um, looking into things a bit more. Um, you know, I can certainly recommend things like fatty acids um, or antihistamines to help with some mild itching. But um, this really would warrant, uh, you know, a trip to your vet and make sure we don't have fleas and then maybe talk about doing some sampling from our skin and see which direction we need to go because there's really a lot that we can do and uh, in the dermatology world for dogs if it's something nutritional we need to go towards and go towards a fatty acid or a zinc supplement um, or if we need to his food because i i was feeding him that uh dog food okay and the truth is with any kind of food change that we do for the purposes of uh, presuming a food allergy is we have to do it for a month to two months we need to make sure there's nothing else besides like the chicken you're cooking but even the little treats the biscuits um anything that he might be ingesting will throw off that whole test of that food if he's getting even the slightest little nibble of other things along the way you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. If your dog likes to swim... Well, it's probably best to make sure he or she only swims in the pool this summer. Like a lot of other states, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency is asking swimmers and pet owners to be aware of those algae-ridden lakes and foul-smelling water after toxins from the blue-green algae blooms have killed some dogs. The poisonous blooms, if you don't know, typically look like a green pea soup. The clusters often have really a very strong stench that smells kind of like cow manure. Well, animals, by the way, too, are at far greater risk than humans, they say, to be harmed by the algae blooms because they tend to wade in the shoreline areas, and that's where the algae usually accumulates more heavily, and animals aren't really deterred by the bad smell. 
One of the fun things about outdoor cookouts, there's almost always pets on the guest list. But a, a lot of what's on the menu at a cookout can be bad for our pets. On the list of the 10 worst cookout foods for Fido and felines, well, at number one is corn on the cob, ribs, chicken wings, and other bones, because they all create a choking hazard or possible obstruction for your pet. Also on the list, hot dogs. Seems they're not the healthiest for you or for your pet. Onions are also on that list, along with avocados, chocolate, alcoholic beverages, chips, and pretzels. Those last two because of the high sodium content. Also grapes on the list. As Take Your Dog to Work Day becomes the everyday norm in many offices around the world, owners of less common pets have begun to demand equality. So if dogs are welcome at work, then other people are kind of saying, hey, my feathered, furry, winged, or scaly companion should be allowed to come to the office too. Though everybody is not in total agreement on this. All around the world, there's just about every kind of workplace with nearly every kind of pet. And we've all heard about the benefits of having pets in the workplace. So whether it's a pig, a parakeet, a butterfly, or a snake, yes, some of these workplaces are allowing snakes, like the Seattle headquarters of Amazon.com. They say about 8% of U.S. companies now allow pets in offices and workplaces, and the practice seems to be especially prevalent among tech firms. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. They believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables. Meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with your pets, here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. We'll go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here, but I want to visit uh, with Pete Copalillo. Copalillo? Copalillo. Copalillo. <laughs> I guess it depends if you're on the West Coast, it's Copalillo. <laughs> East Coast. Hey, Pete. Welcome. How are you? I, I have christened you like I christen everybody. I slaughter their names. Welcome to the show. You're certainly not the first. Thank you for having me. You are the uh, executive director at an organization called Dogs for Conservation, which is the leading conservation detection dog organization. Now, i got to start out there. What is that? Well, uh, we're actually called Working Dogs for Conservation, and, um, well, conservation detection dogs do all kinds of, uh, of work. 
um, for um, in, in service of uh, wildlife or saving wild places or um, all kinds of natural resource work. So um, back in the day, the field started by um, finding a lot of scats or poop, um, a lot of grizzly bear work, wolf, uh, lynx, that kind of thing, um, which is it makes perfect sense because um, those animals are carnivores and they run around the landscape leaving little signals for other carnivores. Um, and here we have this, this carnivore that's been living us for tens of thousands of years and, and they're good at finding them. Um, and that was, that, that field started about in the 90s. And nowadays we use dogs to find almost anything we want them to. So they find, um, everything from, we still do a lot of scat work, but they do a lot of law enforcement work for wildlife products that are smuggled. Um, they help us find uh, uh, invasive species like invasive plants. Really? They can find them when they're little before, they're, before they flower because um, they're using their noses, not their eyes, um, like we do. And, uh, or even invasive uh, invertebrates like um, zebra and quagga mussels. You guys uh, may know in California and other parts of the, the country they've invaded. Um, and also um, things like uh, the emerald ash borer. Um, the dogs can detect the adult beetles or their larvae or their eggs as well. So they, they'll find just about anything we, we ask them to and anything that's important for conservation. Where do these dogs come from, and, and are there certain dogs that are better than other dogs? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, all dogs are physiologically capable of, of doing the work. Um, dogs have a fabulous olfactory system. They're thousands or even millions of times more sensitive than we are. So with the exception of the, a few of the brachiocephalic breeds, you know, like a bulldog with a sort of pushed-in face, pretty much all, all dogs are, are capable of it. What we select for is their drive, their desire to work. We look for um, animals that are high energy, high drive, and that are toy-obsessed. Um, and the reason for the toy obsession is that's their reward. That's their paycheck. And so, you know, that's what the, that combination of things, their, their, the, the toy reward and drive means they'll work all day long looking for whatever we've trained them to look for, and they love doing the work. So it's a set of behavioral characteristics that we look for, you know, more than the physiological ones. Generally, those are the traits that uh, make dogs unsuitable for adoption, you know. that's, ex- that's exactly right. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. So in the wake of 9-11 and with the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, there was a global shortage on detection dogs um, because so many more bred dogs were going for security and whatnot. We had always sourced our dogs from both either breeders or, um, or shelters or, you know, career change dogs. So uh, we decided when the prices for dogs were going up and up and up and we were seeing more dubious breeders entering the field because there was so much demand and high prices. Some dogs that were not necessarily suitable to be bred were being bred. And so we doubled down and decided that, it, that what we really needed to do was to find our dogs, all of them, in, from shelters. And in the early days, that was easy because we knew a lot of shelters. We're based here in Montana, and we knew the shelters around, and, and it was pretty straightforward. But as we've grown and as the field has grown, that's become a little bit more difficult. And at the same time, we've been recognizing how many really great, really talented dogs there are in shelters that are being put down. Because like you said, the same characteristics that we're looking for are the ones that make them uh, less suitable as family pets. 
So the, the best example of that is Wicket. She is now the world's most accomplished conservation detection dog. She's trained on 26 cents. She's worked in Asia. She's worked in Africa. She worked all oh. over North America. She's an amazing dog. And when Amy Hurt, one of the founders of the organization, went to the shelter in Anaconda, Montana, of all places, and uh, said, I want to see that black dog from the website. <laughs> the shelter director said, I don't think you want to see that dog. That dog's crazy. <laughs> oh, no. and, and now, famously, Amy said, well, she might be the right kind of crazy. And sure enough, she was. What's the largest dog and smallest dog breeds that you have? Oh, uh, let's see. Pepin is our largest. He, uh, at times, is uh, he's in his 80s, 80 pounds. He's a Belgian Malinois, and they are Belgian Malinois are now very common police military dogs. Um, it's funny because a lot of people expect him to be big and scary um, because uh, Malinois are generally are. Um, so the military operation that that went after Bin Laden, they had a Malinois on that on that team. But Pepin is an absolute sweetheart. He, he we have photographs of him with a hundred uh, school kids around him in Myanmar, you know, just petting him and loving him. And so he's just a he's just a lover. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's our biggest. And then the smallest is Busco, um, who's a border collie. She hovers right around 40 pounds. Ah, so you don't have any little, like, chihuahuas or anything <laughs> running around? Well, they're good for digging, like, like uh, Jack Russell's digging in holes. Sure, and sure. No, you're exactly right. And uh, USDA, APHIS, and some of the agencies for airport dogs, they will often use smaller ones because they want them, you know, to be able to lift them up on the, you know, the conveyor belt uh-huh. and things like that. It is very cool. I didn't even know it existed till yeah. today. I learned so much on this show. Yeah. Pete Copalillo joining us. He's the executive director of Working Dogs for Conservation. You can learn more over at the website at wd4c.org. And, of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Pete, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks for having me. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. You know, pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy and convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits and vegetables, as well as probiotics and antioxidants to any diet. You can learn more over at StellaandChewies.com. Hi, Michaela. How are you doing? Is it Michaela? Michaela. Michaela. It sounds so much better when you say it. How are you doing, Michaela? <laughs> All right. How can we help you? Well, I have an 8-year-old Italian greyhound. Who has mood swings? Ah. <laughs> she can be fine, loving, cuddling, what have you, one minute, and then uh, I'll use last night's episode as an example. Um, I was cuddling with her and gave her a kiss and went to give her another kiss, and she turned right around and le- bit my nose. Mm. She didn't. Did she actually break the skin? No, she didn't. But she okay. put her teeth right across the bridge of my nose. <laughs> Hey, that's close enough for me. I don't need to get any closer than that. Well, she's definitely sending us a signal. So were you holding her at this time when this no, was going she was on? she laying next to me. And is this something that she's done throughout her life, or is that something just more recently? It's, it's more, I would say, within the last three or four years. Well, I mean, the first thing I always like to do when we talk about an unexpected or an inappropriate bite, um, I guess there's never really an appropriate bite. Like not a even bite. a love bite, a little love bite? It's not allowed okay. in my book. Okay. <laughs> At least not from dogs, we'll say. Okay. <laughs> so as far as with what you're seeing right now, um, my feeling is that she has got a change in her boundaries. And uh, while you're finding that this contact is fun and it's appropriate, she's taking those actions as a challenge. 
And this is kind of the situation where I'm assuming she sleeps in the bed and she yes. sleeps with you. Oh. Okay. So that's, that's where she was, too. Okay. See, now there's there's some good and bad with that. The the good is for most dogs, you know, they're a bed warmer at night, and right. you know, it gives us a, a good time to kind of bond with our pets. For certain dogs, this can be a real problem because there's a blurring of the lines of, you know, how does this system work and who's in charge in this household? And for a dog that's doing what she is, we need to reassert those lines. And I'm not, you know, telling you to do anything mean or any rough training techniques, but this is really where I say she needs to get off of the bed, Uh off of the furniture, and back on the floor. Okay. Um, that physical distance in itself will make a huge difference um, once we reassert that to her, that you know this is where you're permitted and you're not permitted in these areas. Give her great beds, give her great sleeping areas, but she's not to be permitted high enough where she can be looking eye to eye uh, with you in the bed. That gets your attention. Yeah. Wow, I was kind of just <laughs> snoozing here in the studio. Oh, geez. That's uh, the pet corrector, and it happens to come from the company of animals. They underwrite animal radio. And it provides that little gentle... Attention getter. Whenever your dog's doing something crazy you don't want them to do, it brings the focus back to you where you can reward them for not stealing or not barking or whatever they're doing. Companyofanimals.us is the website. Uh, let's uh, go to line. Have we even given line six any attention today whatsoever? I didn't know we had a line six. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's, that's probably why. Yeah, let's go to line hey, three. Hey, Dana, are you there? Yes. I We had no idea this line existed and that you were here. How can we help you? Well, we have a, I don't know, he's probably eight, or, uh, eight nine years old now, a big black shelter rescue cat. And uh, I think he was abused as a, as a infant and probably abandoned for a while the shelter couldn't get rid of him for the longest time until we took him in under our wing he used to bite but we broke him of that he's been getting along fine with our other you know rescue cats for for the longest time we've had two or three that have come and gone and uh but just recently my my daughter uh had to bring her cat here to live well it's about a year ago now and uh no, about six months ago. The cat's a year old this month. And when he first came here six months ago, he was just full of all kind of vim and vigor, and he was running all around and playing and having a ball. And, and, the, and the black cat was tolerating him, and he wasn't happy, but he was tolerating him. Now he just just abuses him terrible, chases him, makes he hides all day long. He doesn't dare come out. Mm-hmm. And we don't okay. know what to do with the black cat. Okay, so I have a couple quick questions for you because there's a lot that goes into kitty dynamics when we're talking behavior. So you said both of these guys are male and they're both neutered, correct? Both neutered, yes. Okay, now are there other cats or dogs in the home? Yes, there's there's one other cat. Her name is Shadow. She's another rescue cat. She came just a little bit before uh, before Bear. She's well, she's female. And, okay. Uh, neutered also, okay. and she she just doesn't she doesn't care one way or the other about anything. You know, cats can come, cats can go, and people can visit, and she just she's just here. Okay. So what a minute. I need to know a little bit more. When the when the younger kitten, um, when that one um, before an attack happens, what is that cat doing? Hiding. What? what hiding. Okay. And then the black um, cat will, what, will hunt him down, and then the the kitten gets scared and he runs to go upstairs and hide, and the black cat attacks him and chases him and beats him up. 
Okay. And an attack is basically him chasing him. Um, is there any actually um, injuries, any bites that have occurred as, as a result of this, or it's more the chase that's happening? I haven't noticed any bites. Have you, Mary? No. No, okay. this is just chasing and scratching and pulling a little hair here and there. Okay. So the challenge is that um, with kitties, there's a lot of different reasons why we will have intercat aggression issues. And, and with you, I, I think we've got a lot more to get into that I might not be able to delve into every aspect of, but in general, when we talk about cats in the house that aren't getting along, you know, they can, they can have fights over territory. Um, it might be because of a social hierarchy. Um, it actually can even be just uh, practicing play behaviors and predatory behaviors. Um, and sometimes it's out of fear. So in this situation, what, at least to simplify things, um, there's a couple steps that I would definitely do for you. Um, the first thing is in the, on the aggressor kitty, um, we need to give the little guy a forewarning. Um, so I usually recommend putting a bell, a bell collar on the aggressor cat. And that at least gives the other guy a little bit of warning here. Um, some other ways that you can get the older guy more adjusted to accepting the young guy would be to share uh, litter boxes or resources, or even sometimes I'll just take towels and rub the cat's scent and then take the other cat and rub that other cat's scent on it. And it, it's a way to try to help them kind of become more tolerant of the at least the sense of smell of that other kitty in the area. Um, but with this, these kind of dynamics, um, there's a lot of things that we're going to have to look at in the environment and for a three-cat household, we need to be making sure you've got ample resources. So yeah, four um, litter boxes, and they've okay. all kind of they all use each other's. You know, if you watch them, they they've yeah. been doing that for the whole six months. And they, good, good, and and it's even more than the litter boxes. So a resource for a cat can be a food water bowl. It could be a perching spot. It can be a human. So for some cats, especially those that are really kind of just intimidated by a bully cat, um, they may be afraid to even seek out those resources. Even if you're not seeing attacks occurring, there's nonverbal communication that these kitties are having, and sometimes Definitely. it can, it can even be. Ju- it can even be the fearful kitty, just their bodily motions. So the ears going back, they're crouching down, they're looking fearful, and that can actually even trigger an attack. They're acting scared. You wouldn't think that would cause a problem, but it actually can. So a cat that is more dominant may actually pounce on that. So um, for my recommendation, I'm going to suggest to keep these guys separated unless we can really supervise them, work on adding these resources, put that cat bell on, and then... You know, you may need to talk to your veterinarian about um, potentially medicating the adult cat. Um, the first thing I would do is certainly do a good thorough exam, make sure there's nothing, anything physically wrong that might be making him more cranky about the youngster. Um, but sometimes the aggressor will medicate them with a uh, type of an antidepressant, um, behavior-modifying drug, and that can help to kind of decrease some of their um, a tendency to attack. Um, so that might be helpful as well. Um, and then really, really, really making sure that we're um, also being aware of the other cats. So even though your third cat's not in on the mix of things, you know, there's the more personalities in the household you add with cats, the more chance we're going to run into these problems. Um, so also be wary of that kitty and make sure that she's um, doing okay. She can lay down and sleep next to either one of them and nobody, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the weird thing about her. She's just she's just as docile and quiet and, you know. 
you know, but, but what we always got to remember as cats are individuals. And, and I, I always go back to, to my old college roommates. And some of us got along really super well. And, you know, some of us didn't. Or, or maybe there was one that just kind of irked everybody. So cats have to go through these same kind of personality um, situations. And they have to deal with that. So um, some are more prone to being protective or territorial of areas. And others could care less and share the house and all the goods. That's where I think we're definitely going to need to work on your adult cat. And the other thing is making sure we're scheduling your um, adult male with a little bit of extra playtime. Um, so we might get him out and you know play with a fishing pole toys, get some of the interactive frolly cat toys going, something to expend energy and those predatory responses that you know maybe he's directing at the other cat, and um, we can give him an outlet to kind of burn up some of that energy and that drive. It's an outlet. It, it may help save your other kitty from having the tendency of getting um, pounced upon. So just keep that in mind and uh, you know, let us know how that goes. Um, a lot of work to do there, though. one 405 That is toll free to the Dream Team. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, here's the toll-free number. Write this down. You may not need it today, but there may be a time when you have a question about your pet. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. That's direct to Dr. Debbie and to uh, dog father Joey Villani. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, so go ahead and download it now. And there's been a few recalls this week. If you want to get the latest on the recalls, the app has them. All the latest news that actually affects your animals. It's a free download, so why not do it? Uh, Coming up this hour, we're going to talk pet insurance. And whether or not you need should pet you insurance. or shouldn't you? It's uh, there's a big divide here in the studio. Actually, I sit on. It's not really a divide. I'm the only <laughs> one that doesn't have insurance. Well, me and Lauren, we we don't have insurance, but everybody else has insurance. Got too many animals. Also, well, I see the benefit of all the time, though. I well, mean, of course. And because now there's more and more procedures that cost a lot more too, huh? So, well, yeah, yeah. I think it opens up the availability for people that use that kind of technology, they might not normally be able to afford it. We'll find out more about it in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Joey Volani is going to be talking ticks. TikTok, he's going to tell you how to get those nasty ticks out of your pet without uh, leaving any ticks inside them and how dangerous it can be. And I'm going to dispel the myth about the whole uh, heating up a paper clip and... Uh yeah, that, that's and the cigarette and all the that. The cigarette, all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a way to get rid of those ticks. Let's go to the phones first. one 405 8405 for your calls right now. And we have Tim, who I understand has two questions. Do we do? Do we allow that? Do we allow two questions? I'm going to allow Yeah. Okay, we'll allow two questions. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you taking two questions. Uh, <laughs> first thing is, I've got a, um, well, he's supposed to be a miniature long-haired dachshund, but I don't think there's anything miniature about him. Uh, he, weighs, he weighs 15 pounds, so I think they at least sold me a line as well as a dog. But anyway, um, when he drinks his water, he gets choked. I mean, he he gets he gags and sounds like he's going to throw up, and just has a real rough time with it. So I was just wondering if there was anything that you knew could be causing that. Mm-hmm. And is it only when he's drinking water, or does he have problems with food? No, no problems with food at all. And is it pretty consistent that he does it most every time he's drinking? 
it, it's pretty consistent, yeah. Not every time, but he does it a lot. Yeah, and there are some dogs that we can see this um, where they start this gagging right after drinking. There's some concern that there could be a sensory nerve dysfunction. So basically they're kind of not sensing things back in the back of the throat really well, and it actually is leading to them aspirating and choking on that water. So, so that's a possibility. It's a little challenging to determine that just from looking at a dog. So there is testing involved. However, there are pets that it's more than just that, and it's more than just them kind of coughing this up. And for some pets, they can actually develop some dysfunction um, with the laryngeal area and basically where the muscles in the throat don't coordinate normally, and it allows food or water to actually kind of go down that wrong pipe. Um, that's a little bit more um, advanced of a situation, and with those pets we can see more uh, labored breathing. They actually may have pneumonia. Uh, they may have a different breathing pattern at, uh, at rest. So it doesn't quite sound like you're in that situation. Um, so I guess the, the simple thing is that it might be something to look at um, and to do a little bit more investigation, maybe start with some x-rays of the neck area and maybe have a good anesthetic exam where the vet looks down the throat. Those might be some things to kind of get a little bit better comfort, whether it is something of concern or not. Now, there are some simple things that I would instruct you to maybe try at home to see if this helps to alleviate um, the symptoms. And if it's all, if all you're left with is that just he kind of coughs and gags with water and it doesn't lead to anything more serious, then we may just need to try these things. And, and one would be to try um, elevating the food and water on a little feeding stand. And for some dogs, that's all it takes is that just that elevation and little height can make a difference. Okay. The, the other thing you can try is to experiment a little bit and add, instead of offering just plain water, you can actually add the water to the food. Um, if he eats kibble or um, even canned food, you can just add some of his drinking water to that. And because he'll be eating it, it may not cause that same reaction. And that way you kind of help to minimize some of the coughing and gagging he does at other times. Um, okay. But those might just be some little experiments you can try to see if that helps make a difference for him. I'll try that. And he's, he's got his um, annual checkup this week anyway, and I, that's why I wanted to talk to you just to try to talk to the vet too when he goes to see him and maybe give him some ideas to look at also. Sort okay. of like a second opinion, I guess. So <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, the second thing was, and <laughs> this is gross, but how often should you express the anal glands? <laughs> anal glands, it's one of our favorite topics in the vet world. Um, the, the answer is as often as you need to. Uh, does your guy have some problems where he's scooting his bottom or he has leakage of those glands? Well, he doesn't leak and he doesn't scoot that much. He does occasionally, but he, he really bites at it a lot. And okay. I know it's All not right. fleas. He doesn't have fleas. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, take it, I take him to one of the major chains to have him groomed once a month and uh, mm-hmm. and they said that that's one of the indications that his, his uh, glands needs to be expressed so they always yeah. do it and that's once a month and I was just a little surprised that he may need it more than that that seems kind of often well, you know, for dachshunds, once a month is actually a very common reality. Um, more than that, I, I 
can't say that we don't occasionally have a pet we do more than once a month, but I try to avoid it if possible. Um, although, you know, I'll tell you my little puppy, <laughs> I'm down to like every two weeks, um, for him because he actually starts leaking his gland material around the house. So, so I'm kind of with you there. <laughs> I'm getting a little frustrated with these glands. Um, but yeah, I would shoot for once a month if you can, but for the, you know, average pet, maybe non-dachshund, I'd say every one month to every three months. Um, um, and how do you know if there's a problem? Yeah, if they're scooting, licking, biting at the bottom, um, or leaving lovely little stinky smells that smell like nasty tuna coming out of a can. Um, to me, that's a symptom that we need what, to get those. What causes that? Because Ladybug doesn't deal with that. Uh, you know, uh, don't want to jinx it there, knock on wood. But why is it <laughs> one dog has to have their anal glands expressed more than another dog? You know, there's a lot of theories out there. Some folks think that it's related to the fiber content in the diet, so they'll try to bulk up their stools to make them not have problems. But, you know, it, it doesn't always work that way. Um, there are some breeds where we just tend to see more problems. Basset hounds and dachshunds are probably my number two breeds that we see frequent anal gland expressions that just need to be done for comfort and, you know, and for owner's happiness. <laughs> um, and then, you know, just some dogs, uh, we can see more problems if they have food allergies. They can have have more symptoms of the anal glands. Um, so, you know, some of those things we can kind of play with diet a little bit for some pets as well. And, you know, there's that occasional pet we will talk about taking these glands out. And, you know, I may be signing up boss <laughs> for this surgery if I have to keep squeezing these glands every 7 to 14 days. Um, so I'll keep you posted I didn't realize on that one. You have that done, so maybe that'll be a, be a possibility. Mm. Yeah, you can. And it's definitely, the surgery is not the, the first choice we have. Because if we can manage something without having to cut out a body part, we definitely would prefer it. Um, sure. But uh, for the pets that have, you know, frequent infections or we just have a lot of um, ongoing issues with these glands, surgery is, you know, definitely something to consider. Hope that helps well, you, Tim. I appreciate your help. And, well, I, and I enjoyed the call. Thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. You tell your friends about it, okay? I will. Okay. one 405 The more listeners we can get, the better I can pay rent. Hey, I'm just telling you the way it is, okay? Let's pile on those listeners. And we have new listeners every week. Oh, are we done here? Yes. <laughs> it's Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 Here's another Pet Playgrounds Minute. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, Pet Playgrounds makes the safest and most reliable dog fencing in the world. It's a real fence, Mm -hmm. not an invisible fence. Although, if you step back from it, it practically is invisible. You don't see it. It blends in with the terrain and the trees and the grass. It's not an eyesore like chain link might be. No, and you know those chain links, I've tried those, and they can climb it. But with this, it's flexible, it moves, and it actually frightens them. They're not sure about it, so they won't climb on it. Oh, and if you have cats, this is a great cattery. They have an accessory that goes around the top so that you can build a cattery and your cats will be safe inside. And they'll get a chance to go outside and check out the birds and be... Soak uh, up the sun. Petplaygrounds.com. For dogs and cats. Cats and dogs. Dogs and cats. Cats and dogs. <laughs> Learn more about Pet Playgrounds at petplaygrounds.com. Visit petplaygrounds.com. Yeah, petplaygrounds.com. Dogs need to run free. Our non-electric fence makes it easy. Your dog can't climb or dig or chew. It's perfect for your best friend and for you. Call us at one 800
Use Animal Radio Code at checkout to save 10% at PetPlaygrounds.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. What's going on at the movies? Usually you only have to deal with people talking on their cell phone or maybe that person sitting behind you who feels the need to explain the movie. But a Texas woman had an altogether different experience while watching a movie. She felt something crawling up her leg, and it was a bat. And it gets worse. The bat tested positive for rabies. The Texas Department of State Health said although the woman wasn't bitten, she may have to go through some post-exposure preventative treatment. A pest management company was called in to seal up any entry points to help keep out any future crawling or flying, non-paying moviegoers. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. The moments away from your news with Lori Brooks. What can we look forward to? Uh, well, coming up, I think it's a pretty impressive medical finding that we've uh, learned about today. How children who are diabetics, because that's a real tough scene. How they benefit by having a pet. Ooh. Well, I know anybody who's sick finds all kinds of benefits. Even healthy people find all kinds of benefits from animals. So, Yeah. Right. It's not a far stretch, but I'm going to stick around just for that. I'm intrigued. It's a good one. It is uh, days away from Wacky Wednesday over our Facebook page, and all you have to do is upload your wackiest pet pictures every Wednesday. If you don't have any wacky pet pictures, go take some right now. Certainly you can get a wacky pet picture, right? Right. Hey, can we do a wacky pet video, Hal? You know, I, I, no one's ever asked that question, but I don't see I don't why not. I don't see okay. why not. I, I, just as long as we can post it up on Facebook and everybody can vote. The most shares and the most likes wins a prize every week, and this week we have? From Solid Gold Pet, we have some cat food and dog food. Oh. We have four-pound bags of dry food, and for the cats, it's Nature's Harmony. It's an antioxidant blend. It has chicken. Blend. Blend. Antioxidant blend with chicken, peas, and potato and cranberries. And then the dog is the wild heart quail with chickpeas and pumpkin recipes. Now, you can get a free bag of each of these or you can get a coupon, and it will allow you to go to the store and pick out your own product and your own flavors if you want. We'll go back to the, the phones in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted to get this guy on. Jason Hurwitz is joining us. He's the producer of The Dog Wedding out in theaters uh, this fall. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Hi, Al. How are you? Hi, Judy. Hi there. Uh, so tell us the movie. Give us a little bit without uh, sort of like an audio trailer. 
What uh, what are we going to see in the movie? Uh, well, it's a romantic comedy uh, about humans and their dogs. Uh, it's a mismatched couple, a businesswoman and a pro wrestler. <laughs> and they meet at the dog park, uh, which is probably the only place this couple would ever meet, through their English bulldogs. The pro wrestler, uh, he's got a family tradition of hosting and officiating dog weddings. His mother is the inventor of the dog wedding. And uh, it pulls this businesswoman into his world, very different from her serious life, working under the thumb of her CEO father. It sounds like a lot of fun, something that I would uh, yeah. like to go see. The website, are there trailers over at the website yet? Uh, it's, yeah, trailers at the website. Which is uh, thedogwedding.com. Yeah, right now we're actually have a photo contest going on at thedogwedding.com slash contest uh, to build the opening credits of the film. We're trying to find real people's, real dog wedding photos. Uh, we're going to use 50 of them, so there's plenty of room uh, in the opening credits for the film. And, you know, as filmmakers, to establish that dog weddings are something that is real. So you're looking for pictures. Real pictures, real not pictures. stage, that's, that of weddings that have actually occurred where the dog was in it. That's right. Now, we wouldn't prohibit some of this. Plenty of time here. It's until July 31st. So there's no prohibition on going out and having a dog wedding. Actually, my <laughs> girlfriend and I uh, just finally had ours uh, with our Pluggle and uh, our friend's English Bulldog uh, this weekend, uh, which was really fun. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, no insiders in the contest, but, but we, we wanted to have one. Uh, we've been wanting to have one for a long time. The wheels so are it, turning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so my. Folks, who've either had a dog wedding or would like to have one, uh, you can go to our, our site at the dogwedding.com slash contest and see that we've had over 250 photos so far entered, so there's plenty of examples. And uh, also people who've had pets incorporated, their, their dogs incorporated into their wedding uh, and may have photos uh, as well, are, are welcome to uh, to enter. So they win other things besides just being in the movie on the credits. Is there prizes that they receive? Sure, we've got a hundred. In addition to the fifty slots in, in the uh, opening credits, a hundred and fifty prizes. So it'll be a hundred and fifty winners. The prizes total uh, ten thousand dollars in total prizes. We've got bark box headlining and uh, a host of others contributing uh, prizes. J- Joey just opened the phone book to wedding gowns. I don't know what this means. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Go online and get that get that set of the groom and the bride outfits. Yeah, well, this, there, you, you can find online uh, dog wedding tuxes and gowns. We've done we've done a, we've done a few dog weddings, believe it or not. Um, I've, we've done a lot of makeovers for dogs. And, and then uh, I'm thinking that a few of them, and we've did them on Groomer has it too. We yeah. had a really extravagant one. See, I have a question: with the legalization of gay and lesbian weddings, do yes. they have to be male and female, or can any, they be uh, you know male and male or female and female? I mean, what are we going to do here? From our standpoint, <laughs> uh, we we accept all all and every kind of uh, of dog and dog wedding. Okay. (laughs) There you go. The movie is The Dog Wedding in Theaters this fall. Get your dogs on the front credits of that. And then uh, if you don't get your dogs on on this movie, I'm sure there will be the sequel, The uh, Dog Divorce, coming up (laughs) in in, in a year following. I guess a, a dog year is seven years, so the divorce would be in one year. Isn't that seven-year itch? Uh. <laughs> uh, there you go. And the website is thedogwedding.com. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Jason, thanks so much for hanging with us. 
Thank you all. Let's go to the phones. one 405 8405 for your calls right now. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing just great. How are you today? Good. What's going on with your pet today? Um, actually, it's not nothing is going on with my pet. It's some stuff that we've heard about. And um, I listened to you last week, and you talked about it a little bit. But Dynavite, um, mm. it's got a website, mm-hmm. dynavite.com. And my question was this, is we feed our dogs what is called um, nature's recipe. And we get it from PetSmart. And um, it's a very good dog food. I like that stuff. We use it here at the studios. It's good stuff. Right. It's a very reputable brand. They say that the Dynavite is supposed to be really good. It gives insights and all this stuff. So does, does the Dynavite, for starters, does it work? Is it true what they say? Because it's pretty expensive. And does it take the place? I mean, can you actually feed your dogs, per se, junk, lower quality dog food if you're feeding them the Dynavite? Okay, some good questions there, Kelly. And and the first thing is, I'll be honest, I am not on the Dynavite bandwagon. <laughs> um, okay. I, I'm a little bit concerned about any product that makes such grand claims that it's going to cure allergies and all of these type of things. Right, um, right. So can you feed a bad food and make up for it with a supplement? No, you cannot. And just like with people, if you don't eat a good balanced diet, um, popping those vitamins every day does not make up for that. Um, same thing is true for our pets. So, um, you know, if you've got a good quality diet, I believe that that is the heart of the nutrition question here. And then, you know, there are supplements we'll sometimes add in. So I'm not opposed to trying a supplement for the benefit of, uh, you know, fatty acid supplementation or maybe a pet that might have skin problems. We might look at some zinc supplements, things like that. So there may be pets that benefit from this, um, but I would definitely run away from any product that tells you that it's going to be a cure-all. Um, and, and that's, you know, just, just my honest opinion with that um have i used it on my own pets no but i uh i feed them a good diet and uh you know they get their fatty acids every day and um you know i try to stay on top of their medical problems in that way okay so, so then know. what you're really saying is that it's the fail safe of all times is if it's if it sounds too good it's too good <laughs> yeah you know it's kind of a, kind of goes the, like snake oil salesman there and uh you know like i said there are definitely some pets that may benefit from it but you know the cost the expense and i just can't put my heart behind a product that that really claims to cure something such as allergies which is really an immune system kind of wiring that um, individuals have and you know you can't fix that with a supplement uh, we can work around it we can try to uh, modify the immune system and get around an allergy, but you know there's really nothing that's going to cure an allergy-related itch. So, yeah, I'd be pretty cautious there. Um, and uh, you know, if your pet's doing well and he's thriving on the diet, um, you know, then I wouldn't have any cause to go looking elsewhere there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds, makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Pet Playgrounds can be installed by anyone on any terrain, even over rocks, tree roots, and uneven land. And it costs less than the traditional fences. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and you'll save 10%, you lucky dog. Learn more at PetPlaygrounds.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com.
I'm Lori Brooks. For children who have type 1 diabetes and who want a pet, today is their lucky day. There's a new study out that shows pet ownership can have a beneficial effect on kids who are type 1 diabetics. How does this work? Well, the research was recently published in the journal The Diabetes Educator. Researchers say teenagers are one of the most difficult patient populations that they treat, mainly because of all of the psychosocial factors, you know, associated with growing up. Well, it turns out that associating diabetes self-care tasks with routine daily activities, like taking care of that pet fish, helps the kids to remember to do their own self-care and ultimately improves their glycemic control and everybody's healthier. In many parts of the country, this summer's heavy rains have brought an increase in the number of mosquitoes. Well, of course, you know to protect yourself from mosquitoes and bugs, but don't forget about protecting your pets. Protecting dogs and cats from mosquitoes protects them from heartworm disease. And horses, if they're protected from mosquitoes, you're protecting them from West Nile virus. But there is a vaccine for horses. So now it's doubly important to make routine rounds of your yard, you know, looking for things that hold rain water where mosquitoes breed. Remember, mosquitoes too can breed in less than a thimbleful of water. Northwoods Place, it's a senior living community in Michigan. It's home to 10 kittens now and, of course, the mother cat, and they're all part of their new pet therapy program, which is made possible with the help from their local animal shelter. It's a great combination working together to make happier days for seniors who don't really get out very much, if at all. The center's director says having kittens is especially wonderful for their center. She says they're little stress reducers and says, that kittens help with any kind of depression or distracting patients from pain, too. And holding kittens, isn't this neat, helps the seniors with hand dexterity. So there's kind of a physical and emotional benefit to the program, too. But the program isn't just beneficial to the residents. It also helps to socialize the kittens in ways they wouldn't have had the time or resources to do back at the shelter. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Every summer we go to Canyon Woods. Love getting outside. Love the hiking. Hate the itching and irritation from poison ivy, bug bites, all the things that keep me inside. So I need something strong. Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing is clinically proven with the strongest non-prescription itch medicine available for fast, long-lasting relief of itching and irritation with seven moisturizers to help heal skin. I finally have the relief I need. Hey, Jan, check this out. On my way. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. 
And Judy just reminded me this is our 715th show. Wow. Wow. Dare I, dare I say that we are the sexiest team on radio? Is it wrong to say that? I would. Uh, well, sure, you can say that because no one can see us. <laughs> you got to believe it. And you can be anything you want to be on the radio. If you want to see just how sexy we are, you can go to the website and you can see how sexy. I, got a, I need a new photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it is time for a Lucy pet segment with Doc Halligan. And this week, a topic that's near and dear to me pet insurance. Because I can go either way on this, and I'm waiting for her to either tip me one way or the other. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, should I take some money and put it away, stock it away, or should I give it to the insurance companies? You, of course, mm-hmm. are in the middle of it because you're yes. the one that uh, has to accept the insurance. Yes. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. I mean, what qual- what do you feel about with your pets? Like, would you do anything you could to save their lives? Damn straight. And- Okay, well, there you go. Then you need to get insurance. I ask people that because, you know, we have like at Marina Vet where I work on Sundays, we have like a grade when you, when you come in or you leave your animal or, and it's, um, you know, do not resuscitate. I would spend up to $100 to resuscitate. I would spend any amount of money to resuscitate my animal. Because everybody's different. You have to circle that, right? So if your pets are like family and you would do anything you could to keep them alive or have them have quality of life, then you need to look into pet insurance because financial euthanasia isn't really an option for you guys. And, you know, I mean, it sounds awful, but for some people it is. They just be like, well, I love my dog or I love my cat. But, you know, they circle like do not resuscitate or like up, down or bucks. Yeah. Because they can't afford it. It's simple. It's a simple math for a lot of people. I think it is. But see, Joey, because his dogs, I know, on four four dogs. um, Yep. And it's a hundred and sixty dollars a month. Did you um, learn the hard way? You know what? I'm not going to say we learned the hard way, but um, what we did was we just it was unexpected. Um, I had a dog that um, came down with um, cancer. They were going to take the dog's front leg, and Doc turned me on to a great place in Manhattan. And after about almost ten thousand dollars in surgeries, um, you know, we said um, maybe it's time to look into pet insurance. And that was I, I'm going to say, Doc, what was it about six seven years ago at that yeah, point, at that time? I think so. And um, you know, we've been. I, I got to be honest with you, it's it's definitely paid off for me um because we've we've used the pet insurance um a number of times on all the dogs and um you know what it's 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 paid off it's paid off it's kept keeps gives us peace of mind is it like human insurance is it cheaper if you get it while your dog's a puppy instead of waiting till it's like five six years old well there's a lot of different policies okay so i mean the the premiums range anywhere from 10 to a hundred dollars a month depending on what kind of coverage you want. I mean, you can get everything covered, shots and, you know, whatever, dewormings, annual exams, or you can get just for the emergencies. And what I usually tell pet owners to do is go add up for the last five years on each pet how much money you've spent (laughs) on them. And then just see, you know what I'm saying, get an idea, like is this like a pet that gets into a lot of trouble or doesn't really have a lot of problems? Um, And then you've got to go get uh, quotes because not all insurance companies are the same. In fact, they're very, very different. Some are, I think, much better than others. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to get your business. Well, what, what should we look out for when we're shopping for insurance to stay away from those particular yeah, companies? Yeah, what fine print. Well, you want to make sure that the insurance company has um, been in business for at least a couple of years. 
Um, you want to make sure that it's licensed in your state because they're not all licensed in all of the states. So you got to check that your provider is licensed by the Department of Insurance and that it's regulated in your state. Um, asking your vet and other pet owners, like if I want to hear who Joey is using, um, because that's like the best thing is to talk to people who already have it and, you know, what, what do they like about it? What don't they like? You have to be very careful reading the policy. Oh my gosh, they got the little fine print there. And people don't read everything. You know, some policies don't cover hereditary or congenital defects and others will. It'll say only it will cover this if your pet hasn't been on medication for that in the last six months. Oh, so like so, pre-existing. Exactly. So, okay. you know, the best thing is when you get a kitten or a puppy is to just get insurance. That's probably the cheapest way to get it because at that point, usually they don't have any pre-existing conditions. Once they start getting older, it's, it becomes pricier. Do you hear any horror stories about insurance companies not paying Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. And they'll say, oh, well, if you read on page 60, <laughs> yeah. you know, it says right there that we don't cover for dental and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so, yes. Yeah. Oh, horror stories are still there. Okay. So be careful. And you, st- what about just socking away money? Do you, do you, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think, getting interest you know, on it. Well, do you ever I stock mean, it away? I, that's the problem. No, and so that's the thing is, and you know, you know, you're going to end up touching that for something. Else. Yeah, so, I know. You're going to suck you know it away. I mean? You're going to suck yeah. it away until then, you get that big screen TV. You're the jury, so you decide whether or not you're going to get pet insurance. But definitely read the fine print. Go get a free quote for gosh sake. Get a free quote, but yeah. even the cheapest place might might not Ask be that. Ask your friends and your vet. What okay, they here's do. what I learned: pick a company that's been around for a while, and that, yes, I think that's good advice. That's Certain vets only take certain insurances? Um, nowadays, most vets take any and all insurance because, you know, one thing I don't think people realize, do you know the cost of vet care? has It's it's like astronomical. Who has that kind of disposable income? I, I certainly don't. <laughs> don't look at yeah, me. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> None of us do. Okay. Pet insurance, check it out. More information about what we're talking about today over at AnimalRadio.com. And be sure to check out the Lucy Pet Foundation at LucyPetFoundation.org. Doc Halligan, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. And I loved being on the radio with Joey Bellani. Isn't he cool? He's a cool guy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, that's direct to Dr. Debbie and to uh, dog father, Joey Villani. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, so go ahead and download it now. And There's been a few recalls this week. If you want to get the latest on the recalls, the app has them. All the latest news that actually affects your animals. Hey, Ronald, how are you doing? Okay, how are you doing today? Doing good. Where are you? Uh, Montgomery, Pennsylvania. Montgomery, Pennsylvania, checking in. I have Dr. Debbie here. How can we help you? Hi. Yes. Hi. I have a young Doberman pincher, and I'm an over-the-road truck driver. And while okay. my wife was, but while my wife was sick one week, he went with me, and now he thinks he wants to go every week. But I was wondering, being Dobermans have a history of hip problems. Mm-hmm. If if putting him in the truck, even you know, with walking him, 
you know, regularly through the day if it would cause any problems with that. Oh, if, whether or not the traveling in the truck would um, hasten or make a bigger problem with potential hip dysplasia. That's your question? Yes. No, I, I don't believe that would. And um, in this situation, the only thing that I'd say sitting in the truck might have a potential for would be l- less exercise. So we wouldn't want his weight to get too heavy. So it would be more that risk. But no, um, hip dysplasia, what you know, we would worry about sometimes is if a pet is in um, very active uh, athletic activities and if they have some tendencies towards hip dysplasia, then we might have some more issues there. Um, but no, I mean, sitting in the truck, hanging out with his dad, I think that's a great plan and you know just to combat any kind of boredom or problems with his exercise you know if he's in truck you want to just make sure you give him that ample opportunity for physical exercise you know a little bit of uh, mental stimulation so you know maybe some retrieving some toy uh, play behaviors when you you make your stops all of that will kind of keep him uh, physically fit and uh, i don't see any problems with uh, riding along with your side if he likes it then hey (laughs) looks like you got the a-ok ronald Thanks very much. Thank you for your call today. 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds, makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. A Pet Playgrounds fence is a real physical fence, but it's nearly invisible. It's the most effective and affordable way to protect your dog. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and you'll save 10%. Learn more at PetPlaygrounds.com. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love animal radio. Keep listening. Ladies and gentlemen, new listeners, to my left, I am bowing now and about to kiss the ring of the dog father, Joey Volani on Animal Radio. Sorry, a little slobbery there. Anybody have a towel? Sorry about that. Yeah, and, and actually, some give me some some sanitizing lotion here too. <laughs> what? Well, you know what? I get a lot of calls. We talk about parasites a lot, fleas, ticks, and um, um, and I want to talk. I want to really talk more about ticks because a lot of people are they're they're really afraid to to deal with them and um, want to how to take them off your pet and, and and really what they need to do. So. The first thing I'm going to say is they don't move quick at all, as, as if anyone has ever dealt with a tick. And they come out fairly easily, but you can't, it can't be for the um, squeamish, um, to be quite honest with you. If you're going to remove ticks from your dog, the first thing I'm going to say is if you don't have a tick remover, it almost looks like a plastic spoon with a V cut out on the spoon end. And what you basically do is you'll take that V and you'll put it down underneath at the lowest part of the tick near the skin, and it works like a seesaw, and you'll push down on the one end, and it'll pop it straight up. Now, a lot of people, they've read and they've heard that if you go in with a tweezer, you can pull them out by twisting, and that's not true. Number one, the first and foremost thing that you want to do is you want to go down as close as you can to the skin because the last thing you want to happen is is the tick to break off where part of the tick is still underneath the skin because it's it's quite possible your pet's going to develop an infection from that if it doesn't fester out. So if you're going to do it, grab it close to where the head of the tick is, where it's buried down into the skin. And you're just going to pull straight out. Now, you don't have to worry about the tick coming back and biting you. Like I said, this is very, very slow moving, but you do want to discard, um, you know, discard the tick. And what I, what I say is just 
flush them, put them in a container of alcohol, and then throw them out. Um, you just don't want to, you know, put them back outside because then there's the chance, or in your garbage, chance of it crawling back out and getting back on your pet, depending on what stage it's in. Um, if you are uncomfortable about that, just go see a local groomer. They'll take them out. We take them out all the time. Matter of fact, it's so it was so routine in New Jersey. I would pull them out with my fingers. You know, after a while, mm. it's no big deal. All right, ticks, pull, pull them out and and send them send the pet on their way. The other thing is, if you notice any type of irritation or redness around the area. Um, call your veterinarian because you never know, um, mm. you know what what possibly um, the tick could have had, or if it just is irritation, or if it's something a little bit more serious. You know what they used to they used to say take a match or something hot, uh, or uh, but you, you don't I've do that. I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that. I I won't do it for a couple of reasons. Number one is I don't know if it works. Number two, it's too much of an of, of a chance of burning your dog you know the, it, it's funny because pets know what's going on even though they say they really don't feel it but as soon as you grab a tick that you know usually the dog or cat turns their head right away and looks at you um so they know what's going on so if i was going there with a lip match a cigarette a cigar or so something like that it's, it, here's it's the deal with too, that too dangerous if you if you do that apparently the tick before it releases ejects all its juices into the body it vomits it vomits <laughs> So, uh, and if it's, if it has Lyme disease or whatever it might have, it actually goes into the body. So you don't want to do that. We, we learned that late in life. Yeah. You know, it wasn't actually a lit match. What you do is you take a match and let it hot and then you Yeah. I didn't need a lit match. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Just something to freak the tick out. But that, don't want them regurgitating it. You stuck a lip match on my butt. I'd vomit too. Yeah, so. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Joy Vaughn. My dad swears that that Don dishwashing soap, um, and that you put it on clockwise or count one cl- clockwise or counterclockwise, one way or the other, and that's supposed to back them out of you. Have you ever heard that? Huh. It's funny. It it won't back them out, but it's a very good preventative before the tick is buried in the skin and same thing with fleas um degreasers especially dawn dish detergent because that's been proven safe to to use occasionally on pets um will kill the fleas and will um try to make ticks find a new host um but once they're buried i don't know of anything that that really could take them out i mean you could sit there and mess with them for a half hour, an hour, and you know what? They're they're still going to stay there. So usually once they're comfortable, they're there. Okay, there you go. Joey Volani on Animal Radio. Hey, we had something kind of cool at the clinic. I didn't do it, but one of my doctors did. It was kind of interesting. What? What happened? We had a Tenric come in. A Tenric? What's a Tenric? A a Tenric. It was a pregnant Tenric, which it kind of looks like a little hedgehog. But it actually is not related to a hedgehog at all. But they're uh, really cool little creatures. Though. They're actually kind of from the Madagascar area, I believe, is where they originate from. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a pregnant one, and um, she wasn't having the babies, so she needed a C-section. Oh, it was really now it was you, really cool. I, I wow. can't imagine that you guys are doing C-sections on Temrix all the time. So how is it the same kind of organs inside? How do you do that? Yeah, it's the same kind of organs, but you know, here's a spiny creature that weighs less than a pound, and um, you know, the, the risk of surviving this, or the chance of surviving it, was uh, you know not all that high. And she actually came through wonderfully. The babies did not survive; they were actually um, they had died. But um, we saved the life of the mom, and uh, and uh, you know, she was, went on to be spayed, so <laughs> she wouldn't have any more babies. How many babies would they have? They typically have um, a couple, so this one had two babies, and uh, 
Yeah, they're really cool. They're little insect-eating creatures. And th- this one liked, she specifically liked cockroaches. That was her favorite uh, meal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did somebody import that animal? They, they actually, um, they raise them. Um, so they raise them to breed them. And, the, and they're not really common. Um, we see a lot of hedgehogs. You know, they're very commonplace. But tenrecks are very uh, challenging to keep. And there's just not that many people that raise them um, because they, they can be a little bit different to, uh, you know, to, to get to, to thrive in captivity. But really cool. I got to say, I've seen a lot of hedgehogs. And I've been uh, hissed at by a lot of hedgehogs, prickled by a lot of hedgehogs. And these guys were really sweet. Um, very adorable, but spines all over, and they've got that little kind of like uh, possum-like nose. It's really cute. Oh, cute! Wow. She's showing us a picture that you. I've you never seen one. Post yeah. one of those up on the website. Yeah. No, uh, let's see. I think it's time for us to get on out of here to go walk our Timrix. Is that what you call it? Timrix. <laughs> Timrix. Yeah. Timrix dogs, iguanas, whatever you have. Take them out. Spend some time with them because that's the best present you can give your animals is your time. And I want to thank Jason Hurwitz for coming on the show today, as well as Pete Copalillo. I got his name right. Copalillo. You got it right, Hal. Lots of fun with you. We'll check you next week right here for more Animal Radio, right here on this fine station. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. This is Animal Radio. Network. Network.